Uh, Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MN Marvel Mania podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Nick. And today we are discussing Spider Man Homecoming, a great film, one of the best. Hell, it's one of my favorite Spider Man films, one of my favorite MCU films in general. Is it? Yeah. No, I love this movie. Well, it's because it has Mr. Tony Stark in it. It helps or... it. It helps it. But like, okay. even if you took Tony Stark out of this movie, it's still a really good movie. No, it is a really good movie. I mean, especially having Spider-Man in the MCU for the first time, besides I... Civil War, obviously. Before No Way Home, I put a little thing on TikTok with my Spider-Man movie rankings, mm-hmm. and I had Homecoming ranked second only behind Spider-Man 2. Right. It would now fall to third because No Way Home would slide up above it into the second spot. Yeah, no. I agree but you. this movie is genuinely one of my favorites. Because it is a movie you can turn on anytime, and it's just a good, enjoyable watch. And the story is not perfect, but they have a good villain, and it's within the confines of the MCU. We get to see Tom Holland's Peter Parker interacting with, you know, all the different elements of it beyond what happened in Civil War. True. You know, and I just, I was a big, big fan of this movie when I first saw it, and after everything we've seen, after the transpiring of Far From Home, Endgame, No Way Home, and everything... This movie, I believe, holds up. I mean, I think this film is very different compared to other Spider-Man films. I mean, obviously, you see Peter Parker in college. You've seen him in high school. And this, you kind of he's the youngest Spider-Man you've ever seen in a movie before. You know, and it's good to see that different aspect, that different, you know, surrounding, you know, his background is just totally different compared to other Spider-Man movies, you know? Yeah, instead, well, yeah, and that's part of what the criticism of, this version of Spider-Man got. Oh, it gets it hard. Because he didn't have the, oh, Uncle Ben dying scene and didn't have the spider bite scene and, oh, he's funded by the Avengers. How can you be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man when you're funded by the Avengers? And this movie, I can understand that criticism, but the third act, I think, makes it clear that this is still that's not the case and it's not true no he's still considered you know your friendly neighborhood spider-man at the end of it obviously and you know throughout all of the other movies you know far from home and no way home they made it clear that this pretty much his three movies you know are kind of his basically his origin story you know and that homecoming even though it's technically his first movie those three movies are basically combined into his origin story and showing who he is as Spider-Man. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. And, you step know, by when, step. And, you know, No Way Home obviously is going to be a constant reference here. So if somebody here has not seen No Way Home and they're listening to this and you don't want to know spoilers because I know it hasn't released in some countries or some areas, uh, be warned, we're, we'll probably end up dropping No Way Home spoilers. At we'll some try point not to. We'll try our best not to, but, you know, if it comes up naturally, we may end up doing so yeah. rather inadvertently. Could be just little quotes that we just yeah, decided so, to put in. Yeah, so, you know, just in case, you know, if you haven't seen No Way Home and you don't want to know spoilers, uh, don't listen to this entirely until <laughs> after you see No Way Home. But this movie starts off with nothing to do with No Way Home. No. But instead about a guy who is in his home area, just trying to make his living. Adrian Toomes. Adrian Toomes, the Vulture, aka the Batman, the ba- because Michael Keaton did <laughs> play Keaton Batman. Did play Batman, and he played Birdman. So clearly, he's got a thing for flying around, you know, like some type of bird. <laughs> he's kind of, yeah. you know. But Michael Keaton plays the Vulture, Adrian Toomes in this film. And look, I mean, right off the bat, I love him in this movie. And I, I, I if he's truly going to be in Morbius, mm. and this is the same character, I'm hyped to see it. I am. I honestly am. I I like his character a lot. His 
he's probably one of the best besides Doc Ock, probably one of the best Spider-Man villains I've seen. No, I I him he's in he is my favorite of the MCU villains. Obviously, that is not from one of the previous movies right, when it right, comes right. to Spider-Man. I think he is far superior to Mysterio. And I actually like Mysterio, but I think Vulture, he has a simple motive. He wants to provide for his family. He gets screwed over inadvertently by Tony Stark, which like, yeah, you know, legally he could sue the shit out of Tony Stark. Uh, yeah. But for the purposes of this movie, you know, obviously. It's only fair that he It's is... only fair that he descends into a supervillain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with this villain and obviously with the villain in Far From Home, you have a villain that kind of isn't mostly going after Peter, but going after the mentor of Peter in a sense. Yeah, And, and I know that was a problem with a lot of people that, had. That's another criticism people will levy at this movie and far from home. What's Mysterio and Vulture got in common. Both were slighted by Tony Stark. Right. Because in this movie, he has the contract to clean up the wreckage mm -hmm. from the battle of New York. And then the department of damage control teams up with Stark industries to clean up the mess. And he gets his contract revoked. And all of a sudden he's not making any money. I mean, it was fair for Tony to do it, honestly, because he was in the right to know, like, this shouldn't be in the hands of people that don't well, know what I it mean, is. I agree that it shouldn't be in the hands of ordinary people. But from Toon's perspective, and this is part of the reason why I like Toon's, because he genuinely has legitimate merit to his yeah, argument. He has a motive for you it. Know, and his whole thing here is, well, you gave me the contract. Yeah. You know, and he gets screwed over and then he realizes, well, we still have some of this left over. Why don't we try and turn this into some extra money? If they're going to screw us over... Let's screw them over. Exactly. And you know what? It's a simple motive, but at the end of the day, I think it works here. No, 100%. And I also like how in the first scene, they hide the reveal that comes later in the film. Yeah, they do. With uh, Tombs being Liz's dad. Mm -hmm. But immediately, like, your kid is such a great artist, hiding it. They don't mention the gender of the child, mm -hmm. you know, and all of a sudden, like, him and the tinkerer looking at this uh, drawing. Yeah. It's like, you know, hey. Uh, your kid's a great artist, but like no idea that the kid is actually the girl Peter takes to the homecoming. I know. And I know also like the problem is like the timeline they kind of had with it. Cause I think it was what, eight years, eight years, eight years later. Eight years yeah, later. It's a botch. Yeah. Because you know, they had problems with Dr. Strange and where that fit in and how supposedly Peter Parker was in Iron Man two as the little kid. Yeah. You um, know, I, I actually don't, I, I don't even buy the, I don't, Peter I don't buy it, but it's just like, they say it is, they say it is. But yeah, so now obviously going into that, we have our first look with uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and it's kind of going back into Civil War. Yeah, we get the whole recap. He's, <laughs> I do like the way that they shoot this. It's like he's doing his own personal documentary. He's doing a documentary, which is pretty cool. You know, and the, the one thing I can say is like in Homecoming, less so in Far From Home where he's already been through Endgame and his, and his, his uh, identity is well known. Yeah. Homecoming here, it, they're big on the secret identity. Oh, huge. But he doesn't seem to care when he's with the Avengers. No. <laughs> it's Well, you see, I guess given the fact that Tony Stark, you know, and he calls him Mr. Stark, he never yeah. calls him Tony at all, except for maybe one part and later on. But he is known to be, I guess, familiarized around superheroes and like he could be trusted with those superheroes and yeah. not reveal his identity to other people that don't know him because yeah. you know you don't want other people knowing that you're spider-man well yeah i mean the whole motive of peter keeping his identity a secret is to keep the people closest to him safe yeah pretty much i mean but then again ned winds up finding out because yeah. <laughs> probably the funniest way to find out just crawling on the ceiling and he's making the death star just just think of it like this though every single spider-man movie 
somebody finds out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. I mean... And that goes back to Garfield and Maguire, and it's always going to be the way it is. Yeah. yeah and the villain know. is usually the one that finds out. At some point, they do. Yeah. I, I don't think one... Who's the only villain that didn't know? The only villain I don't think that ever knew who Spider-Man was was technically Electro. Yeah. But besides that, I don't well, now know. Now he does. Well, now he does. <laughs> now he does. But, yeah, I mean, otherwise, every other, you know, reveal that he was Peter Parker, it was pretty funny. Like, yeah. even with Aunt May at the end of the movie was hilarious. Yeah. And here we get to see him interacting with Tony. Oh, my God. I miss Tony. I miss Tony I, I, miss, I miss Tony, you know. And look, the genius, the art, genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. I miss him. You know, there's nobody like him in the MCU now. The, the MCU was built on him. And now the block at the the Jenga block from the bottom is there, and the tower is now hanging on by a thread to Spider Man and Thor yeah. and Doctor Strange. And I and I like throughout all these movies, like even like even this one, through all of Tom Holland's uh, Spider Man movies, you have a side character, but not as much as uh, as a character in the film that interrupts the main character. Well, that, like a well-known established character that comes in and is working with him almost. Yeah, and you don't just have that like he's in there like every single second. That that was like one of the issues people would have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, know? because I thought that that's what they did well here. They balanced how much Tony was in this movie. Yeah. The marketing would have made you think it was a Tony Stark, Peter Parker buddy cop movie. That's what I thought, you know? honestly. And then they devote a lot more time to Peter Parker. I mean, Iron Man's in the movie 10 minutes, not even. It's and it's crazy how he is. I mean, like, you know, and his lines are perfect too. He comes in like the perfect time. No, exactly, and and it's the same thing that we see with Doctor Strange in No Way Home and Nick Fury in in Far From Home. They're not in it so much as to take away too much attention, mm -hmm. but they're there in the purpose of the story. Yep, I love that. And they they do make it work. Now, obviously, again, there's going there are people, and I understand this again that feel like he hasn't gotten his true own solo movie because there's always a side character working with him well i think we'll see that and i think that could come down the line that, with tom holland yeah i think after seeing all three of these movies you you're gonna believe that you'll see a, a true spider-man film with him so we're getting back to everyday life but peter's not being called into action by the avengers man they don't want him he's texting happy all the time and this is where we get to see happy and peter first interact and and i and and, and happy hogan who we hadn't seen before this movie since Iron Man 3, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. It was really nice seeing him back, number one. And then number two, the fact that he now, for this movie, and then obviously later on as well, kind of slides into that, I don't want to say fatherly role, but definitely like a help-out role, kind of a mentor adjacent to Peter. Like, he's not super-powered, so he's not a mentor, but he's always there for Peter. He's kind of like a friend- uncle type of uncle, person maybe an uncle maybe an yeah. uncle you yeah. know but he's all he seems to be always there for peter even though well not like uncle ben but... not not like uncle ben but he takes on some kind of role given the fact that you know tony says you know just look out for the kid you know don't don't like push happy too hard obviously you know he's texting him 24 don't, 7 don't do anything i wouldn't do and also <laughs> don't do anything i would do there's a little thin line there there's a little gray area there and that's where you are Oh, he's funny. <laughs> Which to me is the things that Tony wouldn't even think to do. Yeah. And also the scene where he's actually in the limo and he's supposedly giving him a hug. Not really. Yeah. That was actually improvised. Yeah. And uh, and, P and and Tom Holland's actually hugging. That's not a hug. It's just opening the door for you. Yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> oh, great. And, and their interactions were, were always gold for me in Civil War, here, Endgame, Infinity War. 
Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. are great together. No, they are. And and part of the reason that I became so pleased with Tom Holland's Spider-Man was because of the way he bounced off so naturally with his Peter Parker charm, mm-hmm. other more established characters such as Iron Man. I feel like his character is so just the way like you can see how Peter Parker is supposed to act and given the fact that he's such well, he's like what 14 in this movie? He's 15. He's 15. Do you see like that kind of goofy little kid that still like hasn't matured enough to where he is that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that he should be at that point? Okay, exactly. And the path that he takes from here to you know, the end of No Way Home. Yeah. Not no context. Yeah. Is really it, by that point, by the time he gets to where he is at the end of No Way Home, Peter has gone through a significant change, and it's and the events of Infinity War part of it, Endgame are part of it, Far From Home, No Way Home, it all trickles into it, but it starts here. Yeah, with him, this movie to me is not about him necessarily learning great power, great responsibility, because I think in a weird way, Spider Man always has known that, but it's about in this movie him understanding where his place, where his role is. Yeah. And that's why at the end of the movie, he rejects the suit. Yeah. He, he always felt like he was supposed to be made for something more, mm-hmm. but then he realizes that Tony Stark was right. And he should actually follow the steps of the little guy and watch out for the little guy. Exactly. That was the and, whole and that's, and that's what the Spider-Man theme always has been, you know, looking out for his neighborhood, the people he loves in New York city. That's why he's New York's greatest hero. Yeah. He, and that's why, I understand criticisms levied at Far From Home, which take him out of his natural habitat. No. You know, in that respect, I get it. Because Far From Home taking place in Europe kind of takes Peter Parker out of the place that, like, he is built for, made from, that creates him. And that's why there's such a heavy emphasis on New York and the Maguire and the Andrew Garfield movies. Yeah. At least in comparison. But I think because it's the MCU... They don't try to emphasize that as much. They're more focused on him fitting into the Avengers and the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Well, his story, Well, listen, when you have from compared to other Spider-Man movies, it's just it's totally different. Like you said, all all those movies are based in New York and there are no other superheroes besides Spider-Man. Exactly. You know, you don't have Iron Man. You don't have Captain America, Hulk, Thor. You don't have Wait, these, you don't have the Avengers. You don't have the Avengers. So you don't have this big boy band group that could just save the day whenever. And that's why you give this opportunity for Spider-Man to go, obviously, far from it. You give him another a chance to go somewhere completely different and give him a different kind of vibe. Like, you know, uh, what was his name? Spider-Monkey? Uh, Night Monkey. Night Monkey. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's far from home. And that's but, far but from home. But in this movie, his battles aren't in the skyscrapers of Manhattan. It's Queens. It's Queens. You don't... <laughs> the funniest parts of this film is, like, especially when he's fighting the Vulture for the first time, you have... Where he's like running, like uh, you ever see like Ferris Bueller? Yeah. Uh, like you have like that scene where he's like running through the where he's running through the backyards, and it's like because he can't swing. Because he can't swing. There's no skyscrapers, nothing like that. Especially when the point where he's at the golf course and nothing is there to swing off. Yeah, and the sprinklers go off on him. (laughs) He has to run right through it. Like that to me, like you know, that's a funny Spider-Man moment, and he's not in the middle of Manhattan. You're right. So it's it, it. This movie is different, but in a way that I really like. Because it does take Spider-Man out of the environment that we've seen him in five times before this. Yeah. And it puts him into a new environment. And he's back in high school for the entirety of the film. And it really helps kind of dig into Peter Parker more so in a different way. 100%. But now here, 
his best friend for once is not Harold Osborne. No, it's not. Our it's... boy Ned. Yes. We meet Ned. Ned leads. And we meet him. And my God, when I see that Emperor Palpatine, a tear rolls down my eye. No spoilers again, but you know, it just brings a tear to my eye. No, it is. It is but upsetting seeing it. Their, now. their friendship, especially now in this movie, when he finds out that Peter is Spider Man, the guy in the chair. I love the dynamic between the two of them. He is so funny in in every single film. I, I can't. But I like seeing the different, like you said, with Harry Osborn, you had in the past Spider-Man movies. With this specific character, you see an actual friendship between Peter Parker that he never really had in the other movies. You know, you don't see that comedic kind of relief that the other character brings in. I mean, maybe... In Tobey Maguire, you had the first movie where Harry was kind of funny. Yeah. But not as much as Ned is with this uh, no, Peter Parker. N- Ned is goofy and charming in a very similar way that Peter is. They're both the same type of character in that respect. Whereas, like, you know, Harry was, you know, I would say Harry, especially in the Toby trilogy, was cooler than Toby, than Toby, than Peter was. Yeah. Here, Ned and Peter are essentially the same type of person. Yeah, they're kind of on the same level. Exactly. And I think that's what helps make their connection feel so much more genuine, so much more natural. Yeah, and I love their handshake, too. Their handshake, which we see again and again and again throughout this movie, Far From Home and No Way Home. It's a legendary handshake, which I can't replicate because it's too many steps. It's too many steps. But you show how, like, you know, from, from the beginning of his movie, you know, to the end and other movies that he's been in, you could tell how close they are together and how far they've come together, even though you can't really see too much of how Ned and Peter are. You could see they've come a long way. Yeah, exactly. So they make plans. They're going to build their Lego Death Star. Mm. Very nice. You know, I have a friend that had one of those. They are very nice. They are very nice. So Peter is like, I'm going to go Spider-Manning for a little bit. Goes around the city. Oh, city queens <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's calling happy again oh you know if you could give me an assignment that'd be great we get our stanley cameo stanley cameo yeah i think uh one of the guys was trying to break into a car and all the neighbors are like that's his car what are you doing stop making noise and then stanley's like don't make me come down there you punk <laughs> and then we see uh just like because you see here a lot of steps with him kind of learning to really be, be a friendly neighborhood spider-man you know where he tries to swing off a building and he face plants or yeah. he, he takes out the guy who's trying to get into his own car. Or, you know, or in, oh, what was the other one? Oh, my God, there was another one where he wakes up the guy who's going to sleep because he has work at the night. Oh, uh, yeah. You know? And it's just, like, little stuff like that, you know, like, little touches that show you this is not an experienced Spider-Man. No, he's not. I mean, especially when we get, like, further into the film, you see where Ned obviously ha- helps him hack into the suit, mm-hmm. and he takes out the tracker and everything like that. And you see with that that there were so many other options, you know, you had, what was it? The training wheels protocol that Tony mm-hmm. had put on the suit. So you have with that, there were so many other options that obviously Peter wasn't ready for that. He didn't even realize he had so many options that he could do with his Spider-Man outfit. And yeah. the thing I know people probably had a problem with too, is that it was a Stark tech suit. Yeah, he didn't, build it, it. he didn't build it, you know, and you had all these other options that Peter Parker shouldn't really have. He should have these ideas on his own. He should, you know, be able to make these things on his own. Well, we do see him do that in later movies. In later in, movies. In this movie, he goes from being dependent on Tony Stark and the Avengers mm-hmm. for what his purpose is yeah. to understanding what he has to do, why it's right, and doing what he has to do on his own. 
yeah. and figuring out his role in things. Even after he messes up, he doesn't stop. Yeah. And that's the whole purpose of Peter Parker. And that's why people who say this is a bad Spider-Man movie, you know, I understand the context of, you know, him not being on his own and being dependent on the Avengers. To me, that's just the different starting point. Instead of him being completely and utterly alone and having to figure out where he is, this Peter Parker comes, starts from a different spot. He starts from a location where he thinks he's an Avenger and he thinks he's going to get brought in on all these missions. And when it becomes clear to him that he's not, yeah. and he messes up and Tony reprimands him, he realizes that he has to find his own role in things and has to do what's right. And he has to do it without the help. And that's why I really like the end, the back half of this film, because it really does emphasize that point. Yeah. I mean, even with scenes, you know, with the debate team that he's on and all of his friends, even with Liz, like, you know, the person that he has a crush on, you see like, he, he wanted to go stop the vulture and find out what else is going on. He told Tony Stark what was going on. Obviously, Tony was listening to him, and he didn't know that, especially. Well, yeah. Who do you think called the FBI? Who exactly. Think, who Tony, Tony the FBI? was in on everything. But you see, you see that Peter has all these options and all these things ahead of him, and he's worried about becoming this Avenger, this, this superhero, and he's too young to realize that he should be enjoying himself as a kid and doing all these fun things while he still can before it's like going, it's like, it's you know, when, it's like when you, you know, when you're told that you're like, enjoy high school, enjoy college, do what you want to do now. Because when you go out into the real world, you're fucked. <laughs> you're, yeah. You can't enjoy things that you do now. That message is true. People, you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's kind of how I see in this film, how it relates to what Tony's trying to say. You could become a superhero, but enjoy your life now as you are. And, Look out for the little guy. Do the stuff that you're supposed to do. Don't worry. We could handle this. You know, we're the Avengers. Yeah, but and and I do like that 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 analysis of it. And I think that as we obviously see with the Avengers movies and the later two Spider-Man movies, he grows into becoming just more than a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh yeah, no, he does. But the, you're right. That's the type of message that he was given, and he kind of disregards it and starts to grow on his own. Yeah, but. Here, yes, you said we meet Liz. He's gazing upon her day by day. Sorry, that's Toby. But, you know, <laughs> you get it now. Day by day. Day by day, I gaze upon her. God. But, yeah, we meet Liz. And it's funny. The actress was like 27 when she played this role or something. No. Apparently. Oh, my God. Laura Harrier. I'm going to see how old she was in 2017. I'm sorry. The way that they have, like... These, uh, every time I yep, look she's at she's 31 right now, which would make her back up five years, 26. Dude, every time I see a movie where the, where somebody is supposed to be playing like a 14, 15-year-old, in my mind, I'm like, oh, they're actually 14, 15. They're not. <laughs> no. And it's so weird because they look that age. You know? Tom Holland's the only one that kind of is close. Is close, yeah. I think he was like 18 or 19 during this movie. Yeah, he's got like a baby face, though. Yeah, well, he's got the baby face. That helps him. So... But yeah, this movie, we meet a bunch of different characters who are going to keep coming back. We meet Mr. Harrington, who was in The Incredible Hulk in a yeah. cameo, and now now he's te Peter's teacher at uh, Midtown High. I like that a lot, though. I like that little uh, little introduction with him, how you see that. Because I, I saw, I was like, he looks so familiar. Yeah. And we do begin to see in this movie, so we're going to jump a little bit. So after everything, he goes to Mr. Delmars. Yeah. And then that night... There's the robbery at Mr. Delmore's. 
or no, across the no, street, across from street Mr. at the bank. And he, Delmar calls it in. And here's like the first instance of Peter getting some collateral damage to his actions. He goes over there to stop them. And then what ends up happening is, oh, whoopsies, the bank blows up because they're using the Chitari weapons. Yeah. I mean, even Aunt May, when, you know, when we see Aunt May introduced for the first time in the MCU. Well, no, she was in Civil War. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. But when we see her in, in this movie, uh, she's like saying, you know, you see something like that, you go the other way. And, and Peter's like, oh, shit, she doesn't want me doing Spider-Man Isn't things. it kind of funny that Aunt May says that originally when she doesn't know he's spider-man mm. but when she realizes he has that gift he has that ability yeah. she encourages him to use it for good she goes from wanting to protect him to saying to him you have a gift to help people it's true and that's what the message she gives especially in no way home no mm. context but that's the message she gives right and it's really kind of weird now looking back at homecoming and you see this aunt may who's like you know, scared, protectful of Peter. And then when she realizes the Peter is Spider-Man, right. it's a whole different approach. No, I didn't think about that. That's that's very true. You know, so Mr. Delmore lives after the thing blows up. You know, he fought the Avengers inside that bank. The they, were, they were wearing Avengers face masks. Hulk door, nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Stark, you have so much money. What are you doing here? Why are you robbing the bank? You know, and then I think after that, they go to the party or the party scene ends up coming up, right? The party scene winds up coming up. But, that, but after the school. It's, yeah. They go back into school and then, because uh, remember, he's doing the Stark internship. The Stark internship, yeah, totally. And we get Hannibal Burst and your boy Cap. My boy Cap. Makes an appearance on that video. Yeah. The, I believe this guy's a war criminal now, but you know, all right, we still got to do it. Yeah, he was, Captain America was in like a lot of the videos they did because they he was basically like, uh, it was like you show uh, gym classes, like they have that video of like the athletic, uh, like you're supposed to be like this way, you know, patience is key. <laughs> yeah, I know the post credit scene. post credit scene, yeah. I'm sorry. It's just, imagine we're just waiting so long for such a disappointment. I know, it, 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 I know but at least they make a funny joke out of it. I know. How, many, know? how many more of these do I got to do? <laughs> and so here, you know, they're talking and he overhears Liz talking about uh, Spider-Man and F. Mary kills Spider-Man, Hulk, and Iron Man, I think, right? I think so. Or one of those those three? Whatever it is. The, and she's like, oh, I want to marry uh, Spider-Man or whatever. And then P Ned's just like, Peter knows Spider-Man. Because this is after he finds out. Peter's like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> so now he gets invited to Liz's party. And Flash Thompson first appearance. Yeah. Uh-huh. Penis Parker. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, he, go, he goes the complete opposite way on Peter as well, too, after he finds out. He's not. The thing I like about Flash is that Flash is supposed to be seen as a physical intimidation, but he's really more of the mental kind of person. Yeah, he's just a dick. He's, yeah, he's just a dick. <laughs> he's, he, not, he's not trying to beat Peter up anymore in this film because, you know, we saw that already. This this version of Flash is just a dick. <laughs> yeah, it's he's not he's not a physical bully. He's more of a, a cyber bully, if anything. Or yeah, or just like at the very least, just verbally. I mean, yeah, just, verbal. He's you a know, verbal penis boy. Parker. You know, when he's making fun of Peter you for claiming to know Spider. I say Parker, penis. <laughs> yeah, that is, it is. I will say it, it's funny. You know, I look if it happened to me, I'd be crying. But like, it's funny. No, no, it is. And then we actually see, you know, the plot twist that the plot twist that we'll see eventually at the end of the movie. We see that we're in Liz's house for like the first time, and he's gonna wind up being in there again at some yeah. point. So he goes to the party. I really like the speech where where like May is trying to motivate him and everything. And like I know people knock 
especially homecoming and far from home for being like, oh, you didn't really develop his relationship with Aunt May. These little moments do do that. No, they do. They do. They do do that. You don't see as much as like you do like. It's not it, as it, obvious as it is in No Way Home. Yeah, not as or odd. in the Raimi movie. Yeah, or or even in the Andrew Garfield movie. No, it's, it's not as obvious, but the moments are still there if you look for them. No, they are. And that moment in the car, that moment later on when he comes back after the ferry. Yeah, you know, all of these moments are there that show you that their bond is strong. It's just, you know, this movie is focused on other things. No, it is. And so he's at the party at Liz's house. He's in the girl he likes. She got he invite she he got invited, and then he looks out in the distance, <laughs> and there and he 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 goes with it. Go up on the roof. He went up on the roof because Spider Man was about to you know. Yeah, come, he was going to bring Spider. He's going to bring Spider Man in, and all of a sudden, what happens? He hears an explosion, a minor explosion of the Chitari weapons that are being used by uh by Toombs's henchmen, basically like the shocker. The shocker. Two of the shockers, I would say. Yeah, no, because there are two shockers. Because there are two shockers, and they're showing it to one of your boys, you know. Yeah, oh, you... the pr- all right, yeah, that's Miles Morales' uncle, Miles bro. Miles Morales' uncle. The Prowler, and he's played by Donald Glover from uh, Community, or you might know him as Childish Gambino. I know him from Community, so. Yeah, I mean, and we see him, you know, uh, showing him all the weapons. And this is really, you know, I really like, because again, this is like one of those classic Spider-Man decisions. Do I stay? And hang out at the house of the girl I really like and, you know, try and, you know, endear myself with her. Yeah. Or do I do what I know I need to do? And what does he do? He goes over there. (laughs) Exactly. But yes, time to track down the shocker. Shocker, shock. A shock. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I was just looking for a piece. You know, I'm not trying to shoot them back in time you know <laughs> like because it's freaking chitauri weapon you know it's pretty crazy yeah man. i was thinking like glock or something like that you know <laughs> really you know and then peter shows up and yeah saves the prowler you know he's like if you're gonna shoot anybody shoot me okay. all right <laughs> so then you get that little fight with i guess i'm gonna say both the shockers uh well yeah it's shocker one and shocker, shocker one and shocker two uh, all of a sudden, I know I, I'm getting a little ahead of it, but the scene we get with the Prowler, um, Miles's uncle, where he's like, "Where are those weapons going?" <laughs> he puts it's in the sc- it puts the scary voice. This is my voice. What are you talking about? I love. I, I just love that scene. It's funny. It's hilarious. Uh, but continue with the fight. You have a quick fight between both the Shockers, and then uh, that scene that I was talking about before with him with Peter going through the backyard and eventually getting onto the truck. And this is where the vulture actually intervenes and they have their quick little brawl. And you see at that point, after the vulture fights Peter. It's his first formal it's appearance. His fir- it's his first appearance with them fighting each other. And you see that there he gets like thrown over the water. And somehow, I don't know why, his parachute deployed. Like Peter has like a parachute in his yeah. suit. And it like, well, I forgot. He gets tangled up in he it. He gets like tangled up in it. I forgot how it even deployed. I think it was just automatic. Maybe it was automatic, yeah. But basically he just gets... Sh- He's drowning in the water. Luckily, somebody comes to save him. Iron Man. The Iron Man. The Iron Man comes to save him. And, you know, Tony's like, you know, you're lucky this place has Wi-Fi. Or yeah, you he's would not be even toast, in the right? suit. He's not even in the suit. He's in, I don't even know where he was. He I was, don't know where he was either. He was like in India or something like that. He was there for like a wedding or something. Yeah, I know that. I, I don't know. But you see like, oh, I, don't worry, Mr. Stark. I had him. You know, oh, oh, I'm not actually here. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I, I love that that little interaction because also he puts a heater in his suit as well. Yeah. Given the fact from Iron Man 3 where he was freezing cold in yeah. – te- what was it, Texas? Tennessee. Tennessee. And he the thing I love about Tony so much is that he always has these other ideas from his past mistakes and he puts them into other suits yep. to, to make sure that it never happens again. Exactly. He does that, it throughout the whole time. Exactly. I love he, that. He does him. that with his own and he does it with other people's suits too. Yeah, I love that. Remember, Rhodey went plummeting to the ground, so now Spider-Man's got a parachute. Yeah, exactly. I, well, was that implemented though? Technically, because the suit was actually made during the same okay, time. Okay, but what? Okay, but what if they tweaked it? Okay, you know what? That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to make it work. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so after that, what was that? Uh, he gets sent back home after realizing that they found this arc core, the Chitari core, I think. Yeah. And Ned and him try to figure out what it does, which you shouldn't really do. You shouldn't mess with stuff like no, that. No, no. I mean, look, look. It's Spider Man. Of course, the guy's gonna want to know. I mean, listen. He makes his own web fluid. And, and Ned, uh... and Ned, and Ned's the guy in the chair. Guy in the chair. You know, Ned, Ned's the guy in the chair. So of course, he's gonna be. He's gonna be all in on this. Nah, true, true, true. You know, I mean, it, come on, it, Ned. Like I said, Ned and Peter are the same type of person. No, they are. You know, so so it's, it makes sense that Ned's like. Let's do this, man. Why not? And he also hacks into a multi-billion dollar suit. Oh my god. How about the scene? So then they start to um they start to take care of the uh they start tracking the core you know, working on the core. Yeah. And uh <laughs> they end up, Ned ends up having to leave the room because the guys are going in. Yeah. Or he leaves the room and the chess club is right there. He's like, What are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. What are you doing? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and you got the sh- the new shocker, Herman Schultz, because, oh, yeah, uh, the old shocker, Jackson Bryce was his name, uh, starts mouthing off to Vulture after that mission with Spider-Man. Yeah, he thought – Vulture basically thought he was shooting him with the low-gravity gun. I thought that was over here. No. Yeah, and, and he accidentally kills him. <laughs> he accidentally kills him. He was like, uh, you're the new shocker now. <laughs> he I mean, that's no small mistake. But like, this does go to showing you that like the vulture has like kind of just like, oh, I don't give a fuck because like, yeah, like you can see he's confused afterward. But like, there's no remorse. I'll tell you, there's there's two scenes. Uh, besides besides this scene, there are two scenes that I just love about uh Adrian Toomes the vulture and Michael Keaton the way he plays this role is one, like we said it before, I'm the shocker, I shock people. <laughs> Just the way he says it, I love it so much. That was in this scene, yeah. But one scene we'll we'll get to when it comes to the homecoming. I like the scene in the car. Oh, that's a one lot. of the best. In the one film. of the one of the best scenes. I love so much. That's one of the best scenes in the entire movie. One of my favorite Spider-Man scenes. Period. Yeah, I love that scene a lot. But we'll get to that. Uh, but as they're learning to understand the core, Peter's actually going to wind up going out again. You know, not going to a Spanish test and everything like that. And he runs into the principal. Yeah, now he's kind of derelict in his duties right here. Dude, he doesn't give a shit anymore. He's like, ah, screw, screw this high yeah, school screw stuff. Screw school. I'm gonna become an Avenger. Yeah, I don't need it. I don't need high school anymore. I don't need, well, screw that Spanish test. Yeah, maybe it'll come in handy in another Spider-Man movie. Did it? I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought you were referencing that it did. I'm like, I don't remember him speaking Spanish he, in Far From Home or No Way Home. Well, in Homecoming, he technically did when he was speaking to Mr. Delmore. Was, Delmar, yeah. Delmar, okay. he was speaking kind of a little Only bit of Spanish. We, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I but, think that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But, uh, yeah, so we see actually one of the, what was it, the grandsons of one of the Howling Commandos? Yeah, so the principal is the grandson 
of an original Howling Commando from the Captain America movie, literally played by the same actor. Literally played the same. I was uh, like, it looks so similar. So, and he has the picture of his grandfather, mm-hmm. which is literally him, um, Jim Morita. Yeah. So this is his descendant. Principal Morita is his grandson. Yeah. So it's kind of funny seeing that. I found it interesting. So he gets put in detention. And we also, I forgot to mention, we have Michelle Jones in well, here. No, 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 no. He wasn't in detention at this point. No, he got, he was going, he got put in detention because he was going to skip class and everything. Okay, yeah, it's true. But uh, you see when he's uh, obviously skipping class and he gets put into detention, uh, we saw we see Michelle Jones, you know, MJ at the end of the film, she, they made her. Uh, and you see that she's picking these, like, sad pictures of Peter. <laughs> she's, like, drawing these sad pictures of Peter. See, I think that's still later on. But, but it, yeah, we don't see a lot of MJ here. You don't see a lot of MJ. She's I, on the debate team, and that's kind of where it all heads next. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to bring her up because she's, like, she's, like, it's like a side character. She is a si- okay. They they she was a side character in this movie, and I, at first, it's kind of what made Far From Home a little weird because it's like all of a sudden he really likes this girl who mm-hmm. was barely in the first film. I know, and it still is that way, but I wish that she had been more involved in this one now. I would have, you made... know, because like after we see her in Far From Home and No Way Home, we see just how much chemistry, real life and on screen, Tom Holland and Zendaya have. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I wish we would see more of that chemistry in the other films, but I I don't know. That's just the way they did it. Uh but yeah, when it comes to him going to find out now with this core and they're tracking uh they're tracking the shocker. Was it at the time they were tracking Yeah, the they two? they're shock they're track he's tracking the shocker and it turns out the shocker's in Maryland. Yeah. And it turns out that he has an academic decathlon tournament, debate tournament, whatever it is. Yeah. In um dc anyway yeah so he figures okay you know what i'll just rejoin the debate team <laughs> i could just come in here yeah, yeah and he comes in and he kicks the flash gets kicked right off yeah because they know peter's obviously the smartest and he goes back on the team and now all of a sudden he's off and then he gets that call gets a call from happy i uh, just got a beat uh, you left new york uh, oh yeah uh see happy i don't like you you know tracking me without my permission <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'll tell you whether it's a big deal or not. <laughs> okay, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but just know I'm watching you. <laughs> I, I like the part where when they're uh, when they're actually uh, ta- taking the tracker out of the suit, and and Peter's like, "You're happy, enjoy tracking this lamp." <laughs> <laughs> and so in DC, he gets the beat on him, and he's got another decision to make. Another decision. Liz is like, "We're all gonna go," you know. Bonding and Shake really wants him to go, and Peter's like. I got to go chase down the vulture. Sorry. <laughs> Your dad. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. You know, it is funny that, you know, and like if you, all right. So you know how like describe a movie plot badly? Yeah. Imagine for homecoming, dude chooses to go out with her woman's dad instead of her multiple times. Because <laughs> he ditches her here for her dad. Yeah. Ditches her at her party when ended up being for her dad. And ditches her at homecoming for her, her dad. dad. <laughs> So three times in this movie, Peter has a choice. I can either go try and, you know, stop her dad, or I can hang out with her. And every single time he chooses the dad. A new love story featuring Tom Holland <laughs> with Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> featuring lo- Laura Harry. <laughs> a love story that was meant to be. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. When you think of it like that, it's just funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so now they're in D.C., and uh, Peter winds up. You know, taking the track, uh, the tracker out of the suit and getting rid of the training wheels protocol that Tony Stark put on the suit. Yeah, so now all of a sudden he's got everything he could ever need. Instant kill. Instant. 
Oh, I'm so I'm so glad they paid that off in an, in in Endgame, the best payoff I could ever ask for. Yeah. Uh, but like that and other things like web grenade, taser web, all these different variety of webs that he could choose from, and he has the uh the AI Karen, who you said I think was played by uh it's Paul Bettany's wife, Connelly, who I believe is married to Paul Bettany. So it's yeah. kind of funny. So you have that, and. It's funny how he struggles to find like all these different webs in, in like the variety of webs that he has. He's like, No, Karen, you you told me to pick a web. Yeah. You know? And he's starting to realize all these different things with his suit. And he's kind of getting uh, the gist of what it is like with all these webs and how he could become a different kind of Spider Man. Yeah. And then he attacks the bus or the truck that the shocker was tracking. Yeah, the the shocker was tracking, and uh, the vulture winds up being on that uh, that truck. A couple all Easter the... eggs on that truck, though. Yeah, you had the Ultron head. Ultron you had head. you had more Chitari gear, I think. Yeah. Uh, you I... know, it's pretty cool. You know, flesh out the universe even further. Why don't you? No, it, there's there are probably a lot of things we could have could have seen, but there's too much to, tr- to keep track of. Um, and <laughs> Peter concusses himself. Yeah, because they use the. Uh, what is what? What do they call it? It's like the the it's a seal, right? Like that that where they're able to break through solid and just go through the the roof. So they use like a kind of like a I don't know how to explain it. I want to see like a matter kind of thing. Yeah. But they use basically uh, a seal and it opens up the the roof of the, the roof of the truck, and you're basically be able to go in and out of it without even there's like there's like no physical barrier that he could that he's just able to go right through. So. They have like a quick fight. <laughs> After that quick little fight, the hatch closes. Peter knocks his head out with the you know the roof of the truck because he thought he could get out again. And all of a sudden, he finds out that he's in a compound with all of this Avengers gear and stuff Damage like that. Damage control, yeah. Damage control, all that stuff. And he uses uh, probably the best thing he he figures out how to use most of his webs. Mm-hmm. Karen shows him all these different things. He's like, "Should I tell Liz I'm Spider Man? Who's Liz?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Liz is, oh, you know, and it, 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 I do like the scene with um him figuring out all the, the web grenades and everything. Web one thing one thing I will critique, giving him his own suit AI does make sense in the context of who made it. It was made by Tony Stark, so, and he has his own AI, so it would make sense he'd give Peter his own AI. But Peter didn't really need his AI. No, he never really did. I you mean, know, and, I, and, and this is where I can kind of understand... The people who are like, well, he's had help with everything in this movie being like, yeah, you know what? Okay. In this particular instance, I understand. I don't think he needed to have the suit AI. No. But he did. No, but he did. Um, but yeah, so they find out that the uh, Chitari Corps is a bomb. Appears like I got to get to the decathlon. I got to make sure that Ned's not holding on to it. Meanwhile, and they end up winning because of MJ. Yeah, they wind up winning because of MJ. You know, she she find, she answers the question for the team. Uh, and... At that point, they have the trophy. They're checking out the Washington Monument. And what do you know? The Chitauri Corps just decides to blow up. Yeah, well, it went through radiation or no. Well, either way, something triggered it. I'm not a scientist. I'm not. I'm nothing of a scientist myself. And it ends up blowing up part of the elevator. And now Peter slides on in, has to climb up the entirety of the Washington Monument. I love this action He's, sequence. You, you know what's funny is that he's afraid of heights. He's Spider-Man. He's afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights too, but like, dude, you can climb on walls and stuff. Okay, yeah, but like still, you know, 
that dead scenario where you don't have any more webs and you're falling, you know. I mean, he did use a lot of webs. Exactly. <laughs> Think about how much he used in the damage control facility waiting to go out. Oh, man. Yeah, he did use a lot. You know. I think I think one of the funniest parts of the scene was like uh, the security guard on the elevator was like, don't worry, we have emergency systems that are that are on our way. We're perfectly fine. Karen's like, they're, they're severe everything chance is, of <laughs> Everything is completely failing. It's the funniest thing. Because the AI, you know, knows so much more than they do. Yeah, our security system, everything that's happening is supposed to be happening, you know, and no. <laughs> no, not at all. So, but he ends up saving them, and we actually get the callback to Spider-Man 1. I love this little callback, mm -hmm. where he's hanging upside down after having saved Liz and put her to safety at the top of the elevator, and you hear Karen go, this is your moment, Peter. Kiss her. <laughs> and he's upside down, and it's, like, supposed to be a reference to the original Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. And, and I, I love fall. it. He falls. And, and, and then he falls, the web dissolves or whatever, and he falls. I love that. Scene, but man. I love that. I love that reference. And that whole scene was really great. Hey, quit moving, big guy. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sir. And he's talking to Ned. I love how he has to disguise his voice, too. Like, he like he thinks everybody's going to know who he is, like, just by his no, voice. No, no, it makes it a little deeper, yeah. He makes it, like, a little But he's like, is everybody okay? Well... You know, it's not as bad as the scene that comes up next with his voice where he goes to see the Prowler and he tracks down the Prowler because he's like, who, who, who's the link? And he yeah. has a criminal record and he goes to visit him and he webs him up and he's like, you're going to give him to me now. <laughs> that was a great scene. You know, and obviously, I and, the, and there's even a reference to it. I got a nephew that lives here. You know, mm -hmm. so Miles Morales is in the MCU. And they, like, he, even in No Way Home, he was kind of mentioned, too. Like, yeah. they did mention, like, a quip. There's got to be a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. Well, yeah. Which I hope they really do at some point. They they, they will. They will. Um, But, yeah, now, after that happens, uh, what's next? They have... He goes to the uh, the Staten Island Ferry. The Staten Island Ferry, where we meet, actually, uh, what was it? The Scorpion, actually. Yeah. Which... Mac Gargan, man. Mac Gargan. And you knew he was the scorpion because you could see a scorpion literally tattooed on his neck. Yeah, and, you know, he does look a bit disfigured. You know? a, a little bit. You know. Well, Spider-Man kind of helped him out. Well, I mean, yeah. So, so Peter rolls up and, you know, the Shocker is there. Vulture is there. And all of a sudden, Spider-Man rolls up. And then Tombs hops in and he gets back into the Vulture suit. Another fight. Yeah, and they're, they're what is this? This is their fourth fight third fight of the movie this already? is like their third fight of the movie. third fight of the movie so they start fighting on the ferry the fbi shows up yeah that's where because like tony had called the fbi yeah and oh little note so tony calls peter and he's like actually trying to have a conversation with him mm -hmm. right before you know i'm trying to you know break the chain you know my father wasn't really there for me you know and and peter like completely ignores him where are you uh, i'm at band practice that's funny well happy, happy told me quit band yeah because the horn goes off in the boat you know, and it's like, what are you doing? And then Peter hangs up on him abruptly. And you know, that's the moment he's, Tony's like, okay. he's like, hey, what <laughs> yeah, uh, I like this scene, too. And I found out that uh, there was supposed to be something different with the scene where it wasn't just Tony that was supposed to come help with the boat. Vision and War, Vision Machine. And War Machine were actually supposed to be in the scene, too. But I I'm... think it would have felt like overkill. No, it would have felt like overkill. I'm glad they didn't do it. Yeah. But it's good to know that they had, like, that idea in their head. With yeah, the... no, it would have felt like overkill because, let's be honest, like, you know, Spider-Man almost saved the entire day had it not been for that one web that he didn't shoot to secure the rest of the boat. Yeah. You know, he would have had the boat completely saved after the weapon splits it literally down the middle. Yeah. By the way, think about all the cars that got destroyed in that fight. 
a lot of cards, yeah. But you know, <laughs> how much property damage? Jonah Jameson has a point. It wasn't a, uh, a national landmark, though, so it's okay. No, okay, yeah, I know. I mean, it was by the Statue of Liberty, but, yeah. you, you know, it's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then Tony shows up, saves the day, and then they, we, we get to one of the best scenes in the movie as well, I think. I think so. You have this scene where Peter is trying to tell Tony, like, you know, none of this would have happened if you would just listen to me. And Tony's like, I did listen, kid. You know, I called, you know, called the FBI. You think you're the only person that everybody thought I was crazy to recruit a 14 year old 15. This is where you zip it. The adult you know, is talking. And this is like, this is, this is the harsh moment that Peter needs. Cause the whole point of the way he was acting earlier in this movie was that like, he was, he was acting like he was already an Avenger. Yeah, but he wasn't. And no, he's not. And he had, and he still isn't even at the end of this film. Infinity War is really when he becomes an Avenger. You know, he gets knighted yeah. as an Avenger. He gets knighted by Tony Stark. Yeah. You know, but here and that's why the second half of this movie not second half like the back third of this movie mm-hmm. is so great because it's him finally realizing i don't need to be an avenger i don't need to be connected and tied at the hip with them i can do my own thing and help out the little guy or in this particular case you know stop someone i know from doing very bad things yeah i like the line if you're nothing without the suit then you shouldn't have it that's a really powerful line because it shows that Peter Parker doesn't need a suit to be a hero. And it also kind of tells you something about Tony Stark, too. I mean, it tells you that, like, if you're nothing without this suit, then you shouldn't have it. Because you need to be more than just your powers. You need to be more than just your abilities. Yeah. You know, you need to have something to offer beyond that. Yeah. And, you know, Tony, I mean, I guess for Tony it would be his intellect. But, you know, in this case, when talking to Peter Parker, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And at this point, uh, you know, he loses the suit for now. And he starts to become this regular. <laughs> yeah, you know, he goes back kid. home, and this is another one of those scenes where you see May like overly concerned for him. Yeah, like what's wrong? He's like, oh, I lost the Stark internship. You, you know? know, and like, look, she doesn't know he's Spider Man, but like, I haven't seen or heard you all day. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it was another one of those scenes where the just May and Peter connection is just strong. Yeah, and then after that, he goes back to school. He's back in detention. Yeah, you know, and this is when he's in the hallways. And he runs into Liz, mm-hmm. and, and he asks her to homecoming. Yeah, probably one of the biggest things he could have done. Finally, after the whole time. First off, film. a girl like that doesn't not have a date that close to homecoming. Okay, but you know she was waiting for him to ask. Her. I, I, that's kind of what I think they were trying to tell us that like she was waiting for Peter to ask, and that she, which is kind of odd because isn't Peter like a sophomore and she's a senior? Listen, man. Sometimes you like what you like. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not denying that, but I'm just saying. You know, isn't it kind of odd that the senior wouldn't ask the sophomore? True. Uh, you know what? I'm long out of high school now, so I don't know how this works. Yeah. So yeah. now you get the scene with Peter's like, "May, I need your help now." Yeah. And he's starting to get ready for homecoming. He's learning how to tie a tie. He's learning how to, May showing him how to dance a little. No, no. And again, Peter and May moments. They're mm-hmm. there if you look for them. They mm-hmm. just, you know, it's not the centerpiece. No, it's not. And I, I, I and again, like I, I, after No Way Home, you know, everyone was like, oh, they didn't do anything with Aunt May. Well, there is. If look you actually again. Paid attention. <laughs> look again. They did do stuff with Aunt May. It's just Aunt May wasn't as prominently featured as other characters. Right. You know? So, so yeah, so now he's getting ready for homecoming, and all of a sudden, you know, he gets dropped off at Liz's house, and uh, knock, knock, open up the door. It's your boy, <laughs> the vulture. Adrian Toon. <laughs> Plot twist. Yeah, uh, I remember first watching this movie, seeing that, and being like, oh, 
fuck? Because what was the one thing missing that every Spider-Man villain has? Okay, what is it? A close personal connection to Peter Parker. Yeah. And there it was. The father of the girl he really liked. And I like the way they did it. They hid it well. There were little seeds dropped. You know, if you had pieced it together earlier, you would have known that first scene they were referencing her. Yeah. But you wouldn't know because they hid it well. Yeah. There are some there are some twists in Marvel movies that are not hidden well. Like we were halfway through watching Black Widow when you turned to me and said that's Dracob's daughter inside yeah. the Taskmaster suit. It was kind of obvious. It, it became very obvious. And once you said that, I mean I hadn't thought of it, but like once you said it, it's like, okay, yeah, it is. Like that's obviously her now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. This movie, no, nah, I didn't see this coming. Yeah, not at all. It's like Civil War. I didn't see it being Tony Stark's parents getting murdered viciously by the Bucky. No, I remember that. They that that was crazy. Brutally murdered, my dad. Brutally. Relax, but relax. Spider Man film we're talking about. I know. Uh, so yeah, and you can see like the sheer terror in his face where he's like, holy crap, this is the vulture. He goes absolutely silent. Yeah. He goes dead silent. He like, go, he like drops mute. His face completely drops. He's not even smiling in the pictures. No. And he's like, uh, okay. And the mom's there like, all right, very good. Here, here you go. giving him the course. And then he's going, uh, he's like, oh, I'm going out of town on business. I'm going to drop you off. Yeah. And from there we get the infamous car scene. All right, and now here we get to the infamous car scene. Probably one of the greatest scenes of Michael Keaton's Vulture. You know, you know the 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 trend that's like he knows it's like the greatest he knows moments in movies. Yeah. This is one of the greatest he knows moments in movies. Yeah, he he begins to like learn all these different things. Like, oh, Spider Man was at Washington D.C. and Peter went missing in Washington. Yeah, you were there for like well, whatever. He was at the party. He was there for like five minutes. And then you left. Then you left. Interesting. He was at the Washington Monument too. You weren't there either, Peter. Probably the best part. And, he, oh, he knows Tony Stark. Your Stark internship. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, have the Stark internship anymore. Uh, the best part too is when he actually knows at this point that he is Spider-Man. He stops at the light. It's red. All Shining sudden, on his face. All of a sudden, it turns to green. Good old Spider-Man was there for you. To... Yeah, the... thank God good old Spider-Man. Your old pal Spider-Man. I love that so much. And then was like, Dad, the light. Oh, yeah, sorry. And I was like, just the face and the green is so it's good. It's like a light bulb flashing over your head. Oh, I love it. You know, and at that point, Liz goes inside. I got to have the old talk with Peter yeah, I'm going to give him the, the dad talk. The dad talk, you know. Pulls out the gun. Yeah, know? I, you know, I didn't even know the gun was there the first time I uh, watched it. I didn't see the gun. Yeah. He's like, does she know? Good. Keep it that way. Listen, I'm going to do you a favor, Pete. Calls him Pete. I love that. He's like, you know, you saved my daughter. That's debt I can never reply or pay. But I can do you a favor. You go in there. You show my daughter a good time. And you, make you, you forget, about, forget all about all this. You know, or I'll kill you and everyone you love. I'll kill you. I'll kill you dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, and after that, okay, goes inside. Not even like a minute. Not even like a minute. I'm gotta, sorry, I gotta go. I gotta go. You don't deserve this. <laughs> so bad. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm just remembering what he does next. He steals Flash's car. Steal Fla- steals Flash's car. One of the best scenes. Ned is the guy in the chair. Uh, we'll, I, we'll get to it quick. All of a sudden, one of the teachers comes in. What are you doing? You know, there's a dance right here. You know, there's a dance going on. Uh, I was 
watching porn. Okay. I guess that's better than saying that you're working with Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, it's great. So you see that. Uh, you see Peter using his homemade suit that he made and not the Stark, Stark suit because he doesn't have it anymore. Uh, you see him fight the Shocker for a brief second. Neb winds up helping him defeat the Shocker. You know, nice shot with the web. Takes out the Shocker. Goes, steals Flash's car. Doesn't know how to drive it whatsoever. I've only worked with May in parking lots. <laughs> it's great. Destroying the shit out of it. Oh um, and all of a sudden, you see he tracks down uh, Adrian Toomes the Vulture. Because well, he left his phone in the car to look, be tracked. Which is really smart. Yeah. Uh, does that. Finds the Vulture. Fights him for a quick second. You know, oh, you missed all the pillars. What was the name for him or whatever. And gets trapped underneath all the rubble thinking that he was dead yeah probably one of the one another great part of this movie oh and and to, throughout all this yeah. he's wearing the homemade suit from civil war yeah you know the suit that he doesn't have the tony stark suit anymore doesn't have the iron spider suit doesn't have any of that he's just using his homemade ragtag suit right and you see after the rubble's all done he's trapped underneath this he's pressed against all the rocks he doesn't know what to do. Help, somebody help, you know. Yeah. Exactly. He starts out asking for help. Asking for help. You're and he, and he realizes, you know, he sees in the water, he sees the he sees the mask on the on the ground in the water and all the rubble. And then he hears Tony in his head, if you're nothing without this suit, you shouldn't have it. And he's like, Come on, Spider-Man. Come on, Spider-Man. Lifting the rubble, the big ass rubble that Spider-Man knows he has the strength to do, and lifts it up and becomes that hero that he's meant to be. Yep. Great. That that was that was the hero moment of the film. Hero moment of the film. Love it. Love it so much. And you see now, uh, you know, I can't say enough the good things about that scene. Oh, I, I really, love. I really can't. That, I... that 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 to me is the. There's like three different scenes in this movie that I thought were just pure perfection. The car scene, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, you got the scene with him and Tony Stark after the fight on the ferry. Yeah. And that one, number three, the whole conversation with the vulture. And then everything that happens after with him being stuck in the rubble. Yeah. Those are three perfect films. Yeah. And then everything else just becomes the regular fights. He goes and fights the vulture. Uh, Ned tries to get a hold of Happy because it's moving day. They're moving out of Avengers Tower. Mm -hmm. They're moving upstate. And obviously, we still don't even know who owns Avengers Tower. Yeah, to this day. To this day, we still don't know. But uh, we get up to this point where he goes and fights uh, the vulture. And the whole time... Probably one of the craziest fights because knowing uh, Spider-Man, he's not the type of hero that really fights in the air, you know? And that's the thing. The thing with Spider-Man's villains, it's totally like you have like uh, like Hydro-Man, you have like Vulture, you have all these villains that are airborne. are airborne and like affect the way that he fights. And he still manages to fight off even though he's basically like defenseless in some of those situations, you know? But the thing I like is that He's fighting on a plane built with Stark technology, all this stuff. In his little ragtag suit. In his little ragtag suit. It's just crazy, you know? Uh, and you get all these other mentions like Happy, like, oh, Cap's new shield. Uh, Thor's, Thor's new hand. Thor's, Thor's, magic, Thor's belt. magic belt. Thor's magic belt. Uh, and, you know, a bunch of all the other things. Uh, and, you know, you see the fight happening the whole time. And after Peter, Rally Peter realizes he's out of webs, uh, he saves uh, Adrian Toomes' life. Because there was one of the one of the crates was about to explode. Yeah, and the like wings that. the wings were damaged. The wings they, were damaged. Because remember, they go crashing down onto Coney Island on the on the uh, 
on the beach in Coney Island, and you even see Happy all the way from Avengers Tower. Yeah, sees the plane going down, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I wonder if that's us." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. What else could it be? Um, yeah. So after that, uh, basically, you know, Peter leaves a little note. You know, leaves Adrian Toomes there for you know the FBI, I guess, to show up. I think it was, and. Was Happy in that scene and saw and saw Happy? That? Happy was part of the crew that showed up to the crash, right? And sees Tombs tied up, and it's from your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then, kind of like in Spider-Man Two, when Peter was on top of that crane staring down at Mary Jane, mm-hmm. he was on top of the Cyclone roller coaster, mm-hmm. staring down at everything at the things he just saved. Yeah, and how he didn't kill Tombs or anything like that. No, and no. so like. uh and after that, then, you know, he goes to school, has everyday life as usual. And then she, he sees Liz is, you know, oh, moving away. Yeah. You know, the dad's, you know, dad doesn't want them to be there for court and stuff like that. And Liz is like, oh, you know, whatever it is that's going on with you, Peter, I hope you figure it out. I put your dad behind bars. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so sad. Um, but yeah, after that, uh, we get a text, come to the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, come to the bathroom and happy standing in there. Probably with another hilarious scene. You know, you shave my ass. All of a sudden, a guy comes out of the stall. And he's looking and he's washing his hands. Like, what the fuck is going on here? He's like, uh, okay, dries him. Okay, I'll let you guys do your thing. You know. Oh my god. But then you get that moment with, with happy and Peter, you know, you say you shave my ass like you know, I'd be out of a job probably. Yeah. And uh, you get that moment with him. You're like, come on, let's, get, let's go take a drive. Goes up to the new Avengers uh, compound upstate. And Tony's there waiting for him. You know, he was having like a something like that father moment again yeah. with uh, with Peter. And, you know, he was talking, talking. And, you know, it's time to introduce the world, you know, to a brand new Avenger, Spider-Man. And shows the brand new Iron, Iron Spide, Spider, suit. which many people have come to hate. I mean, listen, spoiler for No Way Home, they they fucking destroyed that thing. Well, kind of. <laughs> they kind of. Uh, but yeah, I listen. I I liked the suit when I first saw it. I thought that was it was really cool. I didn't think it was going to be the Iron Spider suit. I thought it would have been more comic book accurate, if anything. Mm, well, whatever it is, it's a, And Peter makes the big decision and turns it down. He's like, <laughs> "I'm good. You're good. What do, what do you mean you're good?" It is there are like thousands of reporters out there. You know, last chance, yes or no? No. Okay, that's fine. Well, feels a little weird right now. <laughs> happy, happy will take you home, and that'll be it. You know. Thank you, Mister Stark. I like what he says. Like, oh, Vision will be in your quarters. Yeah, Vision's not really good. With, you know, yeah, that's doors. Civil War reference. He just goes through walls. <laughs> just goes through walls. You see Pepper Potts making a little, you know, introduction yep. there. Where's for the a kid? Bit. Oh. Actually, he had a real moment of clarity. Yeah, surprised the heck out of us. <laughs> We need the kid. What else are we going to tell him? I have a thousand reporters out there. Happy told him to go wait in the car. <laughs> Come on. Hey, you still got the ring? Are you kidding me? I've been carrying around this thing since 2008. <laughs> it's like, okay. I think I can find something better. Well, I, and then, obviously, this means Tony and Pepper back together, and now he's going to propose to her in front of all these reporters because, you know, Tony's eccentric. Something like pretty big. That's pretty big, you know? Uh, I mean, with that point, and then Peter feels like he's like that was a test, right? I mean, there's no reporters, but yeah, you passed. Yes, good job. <laughs> but no, it completes his arc for the movie, mm-hmm. and in, in really satisfying fashion too. You know, 
Although obviously he ends up going back on it in Infinity War, but you well, know, given the scale of it, throughout the years that he's been, he has been the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that he was supposed to be throughout the other years that he was Spider-Man. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then it comes to that point where he, you know, has his own thing. He has his tar- uh, Stark tech suit back, puts it on, and then at the end of the scene, takes it off. Yeah. Who else finds out? What the fuck? Aunt May, and it gets cut off. And it gets cut off, obviously. And that's the end of the movie. And then we have our uh, post credit scene. We know, like, the, the end credit scene is with uh, Captain America, you know, patience, you know, to wait all that long and yada yada. But the other one. But the other one is actually very important. And I thought they would have paid it off in other Spider-Man yeah, movies. Yeah, well, now this is kind of irrelevant now, this post credit scene, unfortunately. It's kind of irrelevant unless once they make, obviously, they're going to make another trilogy of Spider-Man movies. That's been confirmed already. But uh, hopefully they wind up putting the scene in somehow. But you have Adrian Toomes locked up, and you have uh, the Scorpion, a.k.a. what was his name? Matt Gargan. Matt Gargan. And, uh, you know, I heard you run into a little uh, spider friend. You know, he did this to me and everything. I have a couple guys, you know, you know, break his break his neck, you know, punch, <laughs> punch teeth, you know. You know, they want to take him out. They want to take him out, you know. And I heard you know who he, who he was. And if I knew who he was, he'd already, he'd already be, be dead. dead. It's such a great line, <clears throat> but it kind of goes to show you that, like, Toombs respects Peter. Yeah. And even though, again, it never gets paid off and given the ending of No Way Home can't be paid off now, mm-hmm. no spoilers again, It's it kind of feels like a little bit of a waste of a scene, but it, more, it gives us more depth as to who Adrian Toombs is. He seems like a good – and, like, obviously – you know, try not. I'm trying not to spoil it for you know, No Way Home, obviously, but like the way that the way No Way Home ends, it kind of makes this scene totally irrelevant. That he would obviously know who Peter is, mm-hmm. and like how he how he would reflect against Spider Man when they would fight again in like another movie. Yeah, you know how would it affect the way he sees them? And they still could fight, but you know things are going to be different. But it may be totally different when we see them fight again. Exactly. But yeah, that's it for Spider-Man Homecoming. Again, I I love this movie. I it's do. It. And I still and I think it got even better having watched No Way Home. Tom Holland is officially He's Spider-Man, man. That's what this movie did. He's, he's, he's Spider-Man. Sp- he's Spider-Man, man, or is he Spider-Man? He's Spider-Man, man. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, I mean, I think this movie is great. It's such a watchable movie every time it's on tv i would always watch it's so it so funny it's, it's so funny it's 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 light but it also has emotion behind it there there's really a lot more depth to this movie than you realize on the surface and then of course you know you have your great moments like we said the car scene you know the the scene with him and tony all of it and and it just it comes together for a really satisfying movie and I know there were some who were disappointed in this, but I, I, I love this movie. No, it is a great movie. Yeah. But yeah, I think that just about wraps it for us, unless you got anything else. No, no. I hope you guys enjoyed our little discussion on Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. You know, stay tuned for more uh, Marvel reviews that we have coming up. Yep. And uh, yeah, we actually went a little bit longer than usual on this one, but you know. I mean, listen, when it comes to Spider-Man, I could talk about it for days. I mean, hell, our No Way Home review is like over an hour and 30 minutes, so. Rightly so. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> I mean, come on. But yeah, for the MNN Marvel Mania podcast, uh, I've been Mike. And I've been Nick. And we will talk to you soon. Take care, everyone.